Welcome to Hive Mind, the weekly podcast from the Beehive about the latest and greatest in pop culture. I am Meg Walter in studio with Eli McCann and special guest, Catherine Cat. Catherine. Uh, let's do Cat because it's so memorable. Cat when friend. it's a nickname. Yeah. We, we just met her. We pulled her in off the we street. We just found this person <laughs> walking outside. I wasn't Maverick. <laughs> Lassoed her into the studio. No, we have invited Cat to join us today because Cat is a pop culture aficionado, mm. as demonstrated on her Twitter.com feed oh cat why don't you take a minute to introduce yourself um hi i'm cat fry i live in salt lake mill creek area and i love twitter i have maybe like three followers wow doesn't matter it doesn't matter i tweet for myself Mm -hmm. for the love of pop culture which is what i think we should all strive to do i would Mm -hmm. hope so so don't sell out i hate to ruin that for you but follow cat your handle is it's cath C-A-T-H, for reals, F-O-R-R-E-A-L-S. On Twitter.com. <laughs> so you just go to www. H-T-T-P-S, colon. All right. Eli, why don't you tell us what we've what you've been watching? A little bit of a weird thing. Got a bit of a weird thing for you. So as we all know, the Lucille Ball history, of the history of Lucille Ball is that she... Did I Love Lucy, and then she did like a number of other shows that all had the word Lucy in it. And then in the 80s, there was a show that she did called Life with Lucy. Have you ever heard of it? I did not not know that. So Life with Lucy is frequently cited as one of the worst television shows of all time. (laughs) And it only lasted, I think, six or eight episodes, and then it got canceled. And it was just like replete with a million problems, including they just thought... If we get her, if we get Lucille Ball to come and do another show, it will be a hit because every show she's ever done is a huge hit. Sure. So they didn't, they didn't talk about it with anybody. They gave her complete full creative control. She rehired her writers from I Love Lucy from the 50s. So everyone's like in their 80s at this point. (laughs) She like brought in whoever she wanted. They didn't um, show it to like a focus group or anything. They're just like, let's run it, put it on the air. And it was apparently... (laughs) Just a complete disaster. And it's really, really sad because Lucille Ball apparently was devastated by this yeah. because she was just like, oh, I'm terrible. You know, like this is the way she's ended her life, basically. And there are a lot of reports that she spent her last couple of years like very depressed about this whole thing. So I've heard about this over the years, but I had never actually taken the time to watch the show because everybody said it's like one of the worst shows of all time. And finally, last week, I was like. I'm going to do this. So my new thing now is when I cook, I pull up on YouTube.com, www.youtube.com. HTTPS. HTTPS. Backslash. Life with Lucy, because every episode of Life with Lucy is on YouTube.com. And I have been watching this show, and I will say it's terrible. But, and I wish she was still alive so that she could hear this, it's not because of her. She's actually good in it. And so if you've never seen this, like, just go pull up clips because it's very, it's very 80s. Almost everyone in it is awful. The writing dialogue between characters is hammy and just, <laughs> like, very 80s. So, yeah, like, um, hey, how you doing, honey? I'd be doing better if you gave me a background. <laughs> you know, it's just, like, a lot of that. But every time she comes on screen, like, her comedic timing is good. Like, she has yeah. a lot of good, like, physical comedy. And so I'm, like, really sad about it. I've been, like, feeling bad about Lucille Ball lately. So you, Eli, yeah. thought to yourself, the world's not making me sad enough. 
I'm going to go ahead and yeah. consume media mm -hmm. that's going to bring me down more. I don't know what's going on with me lately. I keep watching old stuff on YouTube. Okay. Yep. I, I don't know. And I'm still, paying, I'm still paying for cable. Why yeah, do I pay are. for cable? I don't know. I don't even. So... Uh, apart from that, I am binging season four of The Office for the 12 billionth time. Okay. And Meg, you previously have said that seasons two or th and or three are like peak office. Mm -hmm. And I actually think season four might be peak Let's office. Fight. Season four is the dinner party episode. Okay. That episode, standalone, is probably one of the best. But I do think that the show as a whole began its slide into not as funny starting in season four. Kat, your thoughts? I would agree with that. And I can't think of what the dinner party episode is, and I'm oh, sorry no. that everyone okay. hates me. <laughs> it's the episode where um, Michael, Michael Scott. and Jan mm -hmm. invite oh. Jim and Pam. And he's got the TV, and he's showing everyone a TV. She's for trying yeah. to I'm sell sorry. candles. Yes. That episode is one of the best things ever written. I am convinced of it. But this season also has the Dwight heartbreak plot line, which I think is actually really well written. This has the episode where they go to Dwight's bed and breakfast, which is a fantastic episode. Um, it's got the Ryan rise and fall plot line. Sure. Yeah. I just, I think it's, this is, this might be peak office. I think that seasons maybe two through four, maybe we need to like just broaden the Here's peak. Here's what I'll say. I mm -hmm. think that seasons two and three work for people who are not familiar with The Office. Like, mm -hmm. they can catch a rerun from season two and three and find it funny. Okay. Season four, you have to be familiar with the characters and, and the what joke. has happened to them up to that point for the show to work. Okay. I would agree with that. Thank okay. you. And I also think <laughs> that the final season is phenomenal. But Wait, um, You're probably the one person in America. That I, that, I don't think so. I didn't, didn't a lot of people like the final season? I don't know a lot was, of people even watched it. Yeah, I feel like I don't even think I saw the whole thing. Really? The don't hate me. No, that's fine. I won't. But the final season um, is when I started caring about Jim and Pam's relationship again, mm. but in a different way because they start having difficulties, and I thought it was so well-written. The series finale is one of the best series finales I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, yeah, that was a good finale. Captured nostalgia. Like, anyway. Did you think that the Mindy project was good all of her seasons because I feel like it's the same rise and fall as the office. Really? I do too. I only spot watched the Mindy project so I couldn't tell you, but just curious. Yeah. Parts of it really worked. Together. Parts of it didn't for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Eli? That's all I got. Cat, what have you been watching? I have been watching, well, it was recommended to me to watch Veronica Mars, which I oh. never <gasps> yeah. saw. Yeah. And Meg tweeted something about early 2000s fashion oh on God. Twitter, and it <clears throat> connected deeply, deeply in my heart and soul because I've been watching Veronica Mars, and all the kids that are supposed to be bajillionaires are like head-to-toe buckle fashion. <laughs> uh, platform sketchers. Platform sketchers, yeah. the necklace, the sweaters. Cargo pants. It's horrible. Yeah. I all feel sweaty just hearing about all the buckle. It's mm -hmm. too sweaty to like, see all that fashion more stitching than that than should be on any clothes that's just like buckle 2000 is like just tons of stitching the pockets the tons jean of pockets po <laughs> tons of pockets tons of leftover material that have yeah. been sewn on to for no just reason whatever like yeah. even the shoes the pants it are like extra. 70 pounds yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need a good 70 pound pant because you're gonna be i don't know what you're gonna be doing but it's um the thing about Veronica Mars is for a teen drama, I feel like she's a pretty good female 
character. I mean, it's still dumb. It's not like... It was a CW show, right? right? I think so. But she's fun to watch. Or was it WB back then? Oh. Because remember how Mm. CW used to be WB? Yes. I know quite a lot about TV in the early 2000s, late 90s. In the 2000s. (laughs) I was alive. Sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) No, you're good. But I, I laugh about it. The dumb fashion... The dumb, the guy that is like supposed to be the coolest guy is like would be the head nerd now. Like he's the worst, Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I've been enjoying that. That's my like if I I put it on when I'm cooking and it's kind of white noise, but I kind of get far into are you? it. I'm on season four now, so now when everyone's old enough to have fillers, okay, oh. and <laughs> etc. Gotcha. Uh-huh. But I also am watching Losa Spookies, which I heard you mention oh, yeah. on another episode, and I. I'm here for Julio Torres. Right. He is the best. And he was a writer on Saturday Night Live, which I did not know until recently. I thought my favorite writer had written a bunch of these sketches, and it turns out it was this Julio Torres guy who is the best on Mm. the Spookies. And he has a special on HBO right now, which I have not watched. But have you? I've saw I saw the trailer. The trailer is with the conveyor belt. It's called like my shapes or something. And he takes a shape and he describes what's happening with the shape. And it looks really, really funny. And at one point he has like on just the preview, there's like two crystal squares and he describes it as Tilda Swinton's apartment. (laughs) And it just (laughs) just works. Like it shouldn't work, but it works. But it does. Which is how I feel about Losa Spookies. That's that kind of humor. Yeah. So did you find it slow, Losa Spookies? Uh, It's a little slow, but I kind of like a little slow. Okay. Yeah. And I think because you have to read the subtitles if you are not a Spanish speaker. Yeah. I appreciated that the show made me watch it. Because usually yeah. I'm on my phone watching shows, and I couldn't be on my phone right. while I was watching Los Spooky. Yeah, so I was like, "Oh wow, okay, mm-hmm. I respect that." Yeah, mm-hmm. and that John Early makes an appearance, which I don't know. Oh my gosh, I've recently—that's actually another thing I've been watching. I've just been binging everything on the internet with John Early. He is. How did I not not know about him until like a week ago? He's a fun surprise. Oh my gosh, he is. So he did this stand-up, and I wish that I knew the comedian that he did it with. But he and this woman, Kate Berlant, Kate his Berlant. like partner. Yeah. Oh, okay. They do everything I don't, together. So they, I am totally new to this, but they were on a late night show together and they had like a six minute set. I don't know That's if you guys have seen this, but they come out and they're so excited. And they're like, bef- they're like, before we get started, I just want to say I'm like really proud of you. And she's like, I'm really proud of you. And they keep almost starting their set, but then they keep getting distracted by how excited they are to be doing this until suddenly they realize they only have 30 seconds left and they've wasted their entire time, like their big break on late night. And so they spend the last 30 seconds like high energy cramming in like co- physical comedy and like dancing and making faces for just 30 seconds. I was crying. I was laughing so hard. It was like one of the most unique standoffy yes. things I've ever seen. You don't see anything like them. I yeah. agree. He has a character too called. Did you ever watch Characters? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We both. Vicky have... with a V. Yeah. Is that the comedian looking for my dinner? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would. I want that character to be real, I know. and I will go to every one of her comedy shows. I, I think he might do stuff. As... Looking for my dinner. Because you don't. I don't. I'm not from the south, but I. Saw that character and was like, I know exactly who that no, is. Because that character is also from Leighton. Like, yes. that yes. character is here <laughs> too. Yeah. Roy. You get in your car, you're passing back your Capri Sun. Yes. Just got out of church. Where the was. Anyway. 
And he, uh, he's also on Search Party, mm-hmm. which is, I might be the only person watching Search Party. I watch Party. Search Party. Okay. Search Party's great. Is it? Is it? What season are they on? Because they're about, I think three is coming. Okay. Because I've, yeah, I've seen season two. When I, is I paid three? money to watch. Is, oh. is it That's a Comedy like Central Party. show? It's TBS. Oh. Hmm. Of all things. You know, I uh, if you had cable, you wouldn't okay. have to. If I had cable, I'd be paying for cable. <laughs> yep. How much is cable now? A million dollars. I don't. I'm the last dollars. person in America paying for it. But everyone I don't wants know. to come to your house, probably, and. Not a lot of people like oh. coming to my house. <laughs> well, I'll come to your house. You're welcome. And we'll just watch shows. I could use some guests every once in a while, Meg. <laughs> anyway, uh, anything else, Kat? Um, my last show that I watch always as a constant is Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Okay. It's my favorite. Who's been your favorite comedian in a car getting coffee? I have two. Okay. My favorite is Norm MacDonald. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. Norm MacDonald is the best. I went and saw Norm MacDonald stand up, and it didn't make any sense, but it was the but best thing it. I've ever seen. Really? It's the best thing. Have you seen his weird show on Netflix? It's just Norm MacDonald has a show. No. It's the same. It makes no sense. You don't know what's happening, but you're happy that yeah. you're there. Yeah. Really? He's just like a, the funniest so thing dry. I've ever seen him do was a roast for Bob Saget. And, like, everyone was filthy. Like, it's Bob Saget, right? Yeah. Like, the filthiest comedian alive. All yeah. the roasts were filthy and he gets up and tells like dad puns for 10 minutes and like they're not funny but he doesn't break and he just keeps like leaning in amazing look it up okay i love him i love bob einstein yeah they're my favorite amazing that's it from you wasn't kate mckinnon did she do one she did was it good i I really liked hers okay i i I like i spot check that show too i'm I'm not a regular but like if there's somebody i care about that's one i wanted to watch so yeah Absolutely. Meg, what have you been watching? Uh, Glow is back. <gasps> yes, you love Glow. Season three of Glow. I had been putting off starting it for whatever reason, and then I got one minute into the first episode of season three, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I love this show. Mm. It's so good. It is so well done. The costuming's incredible. Betty Gilpin, who plays um, opposite of Allison Brie, is a revelation. Really? Someone tweeted that Betty Gilpin is what we wish January Jones had become. Oh. And it's perfect. Wonderful. Interesting. She's, like, just as beautiful, but she's got, like, this Has ferocity to her. Amazing. So, Glow Season 3. It is, it's getting more and more adult, so watch with caution if you're sensitive to that kind of thing. Mm. Succession. This last episode was an all-timer for me. Uh, the performance from Cousin Greg was yeah. a Hall of Fame. Yeah. I've not seen one episode of the show. And do I need to? It it's, sounds like. it's stressful, and it is so well-written. It makes you hate rich people, and it yeah. makes you not want to be rich people, except Meg wants their apartments, but I just don't want anything <laughs> to do with Their apartments and their clothes. Are and they the, in New York, yeah. as yes. all the rich people are on yeah. TV? Okay. And, like, filthy rich. Like, Good. like take helicopters everywhere rich. Yeah. Robert Durst. Wear leather vests. No, but, but like, good leather. Like, <laughs> like, if it's a Patagonia vest, was leather. Not, like, Walmart leather vests. And, like, lots of and not cable guy. knit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Women's. It's good. Hmm. So, I think you should start. I will, on your recommendation. H- okay, but HBO. don't hold me responsible. Yeah. Um, and then... After I watched Succession, I listened to um, it's the Ringer show that they do on Twitter with Jason Concepcion and the other guy, Chris Ryan, mm-hmm. uh, and they recap the episode and they're amazing. I think it's called Boys in Suits or the Best Boys. You can find it. Google it. Mm-hmm. Ringer, Succession after show. 
I'm going to keep it short because we need to get to the reason we've gathered here today, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a beloved film mm-hmm. from 1989 titled Steel Magnolias. <sighs> now, before we dive into the content of this film, I want to talk about how this film entered your lives. Um, Eli, let's start with you. I think that this film, I like, I don't know when it entered my life. It feels like it just always was. <laughs> sure. It just always was. Yes. And I... I am not kidding you. I think I have seen this movie over 80 times. Wow. I have it almost completely memorized. I don't know why I've seen it that many times because I've never like particularly loved it. Like I would never list it as like one of my favorite movies, but it was just like one of those films we had on VHS growing up. It was regularly popped in. It was like a family favorite, I guess. Yeah. I have also watched the Queen Latifah version. What? 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 It has Mrs. Huxtable in it. What? Who plays who? Go down the list. Yeah. Uh, Queen Latifah, I believe, plays Sally Field. Oh. Sally Field is the name of the character. I don't know about that. Um, Or maybe that's Miss. Yeah. No, I think that's right. Anyway, we can look it up. But I have watched that version. It is so funny. Because it is almost a word for word. Oh my! It, almost word for word, scene for scene. But there are just like slight changes oh no. that are cultural. I'm so uncomfortable right now. I loved it. Oh no! I also, did, yeah. oh no, no, no. Go ahead. I was gonna say honestly, on the way over here, I thought if we're gonna cast Steel Magnolias with black people, with men, yeah. with modern day cast. And it exists. It does. It does exist, and it's a good thing it does because the 1989 Steel Magnolias might be the whitest film that has yeah, ever been made. Oh, it has a real race problem. They There's... needed to course correct, and they went yeah. the exact <laughs> yeah. other direction. Yeah. And they're like, "We are complete course correcting on this," and it's fantastic. Okay, don't let us end this episode without talking about those points. The modern day casting. Oh, it's okay. It's in my we're heart. Gonna, we're gonna end there. And then finally, I would just like to say, and I know I'm coming into this conversation with a bit of an advantage based on what I've told you already, so I'm sorry to add to that, but a few months ago, I went to a live production oh, of Still Magnolias where? at Hale Center and Theater. And the Hale? Yes. Not the Provo one. Um, the one in Sandy. The oh, big one. The, the new big one, one. The fancy one. Uh-huh. So, thumbs so, up, thumbs down? Thumbs? Okay. Um, <laughs> were around. So there, this was a stage production before it became a film. Yeah. And it kind of actually, the stage production actually made a lot of the film make more sense to me because the film is very like, here's a scene and then a break and all of a sudden it's the future. You know, like they just yeah. sort of, the pacing is very Jump stagey around. and seeing it on stage, I was like, oh, that makes sense. All of the scenes on stage take place in Trudy's shop, uh, okay. beauty parlor. There are no men in the stage production. And so, like, all of the men parts were kind of filled in in the film. But otherwise, it's just the same thing. Um, it was like when they remade Beauty and the Beast, and I went to see the live action production. And, like, ten minutes in, I was like, oh, this is just the same movie. I don't know <laughs> if I want to sit through this. Right. That's what it felt like. Okay. So, All right, that's fair, that's, but also not because why would you not want to sit through it? Because I've just seen it like over uh, no, eighty times. Not, not <laughs> acceptable. Cat, tell me, when were you introduced to Still Magnolias? I think it was as a teenager. You know how like Silence of the Lambs is on TBS yes. one weekend, and then the next weekend it's Still Magnolias. Yes. So mm-hmm. I and think Shawshank it was, Redemption and is Shawshank, on fourteen right. times in between. Them. Yeah, mm-hmm. perfect. So I think I I caught glimpses of it then, but mm-hmm. didn't really. Mm-hmm. You know, oops, sorry, bring it into my being until my 20s, probably. <laughs> okay. okay. 
Uh, Kayla Dadal, my childhood friend, had three VHS tapes in her basement. Yeah. Uh, Father of the Bride. Yeah. Grease. Yeah. Still Magnolias. Mm -hmm. We watched Father of the Bride over and over. Uh, Grease over and over, which was not age appropriate. Mm -mm. Uh, we were seven. And then <laughs> the first half of Still Magnolias, because that's the fun half. And that's the yeah. half with the wedding, which right. was the wedding we all wanted. With the pink? In 1995. You... We wanted the the blush and bashful Oh, yeah. Wedding. Pink and pink. Did you watch up until the butt scene in the locker room and then you're like, got what this I needed is... out of this? Essentially. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until later in life that I watched the movie all the way through mm. and experienced the emotional devastation right. this movie yeah. uh, brings upon any viewer. Yeah. I watched this movie last night with my husband, and I knew I would get emotional. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be a painful, ugly cry. <laughs> really? Given how many times I've seen this movie. I freaking know what happens. Yeah. And I was, like, wiping snot. Oh, like, my no. sweatshirt was drenched from me wiping oh, tears. Yeah. This movie destroys me. Oh, yeah. Sally Field having her meltdown at the end, which is, yeah. I think, the best part of the whole movie. Oh, it is. Uh, get, it kills me every time. And the baby crying because no, mom yeah. is laying it's, on the ground. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. I kind of didn't, I also didn't expect, I remembered like, oh, that's a tearjerker, but also like on the ground, just laying, yeah. like almost going to throw up. So what is it? It's traumatic. Why is it so effective? She's too real at that. I feel like. Shelby or Sally Fields? Malin. Malin. Yeah, Sally Field. Yeah. I felt like, you know, when you watch. Breaking Bad. Yeah. And Walter is too real. Like, you feel like, I am having this experience myself because uh -huh. I'm watching you have it. I feel the same way with Sally Field in yeah. 1989. Absolutely. I'm, though, a mess from the moment Julia Roberts hits the floor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From that point on in the movie, I'm inconsolable. Yeah. So is it just the strength of those performances? Is it emotional manipulation in the editing, and the soundtrack? I wonder if, Eli, you can answer me here. Is part of it because you're a mom? But it used to do that to me, too. Same. I I think that the character development is really good in this. And so yeah. by the time that starts to fall apart, you have a really strong sense of the relationship between mom and daughter and the importance that this child brings to the story. And once you start to see that unravel through her health unraveling, it is just difficult to kind of pry. It's difficult to, to watch that because of that character development that preceded it. Do you cry yeah. when you watch this, Eli? Um, I have. Okay. I don't know if I still do, but I have. Are you a crier in sad movies typically? I am. Okay. I'm a crier in everything. Me too. I cry when I'm proud of people. I cry when I'm disappointed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it may be that I've seen this so many times that I become desensitized a little bit. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, but so have I. And I'm like a freaking mess by the end. Yeah. So maybe you're dead inside. Is yeah. Like... I mean, I cried in the Queen Latifah version. <laughs> Amazing. Which I watched on a first date, by the way. Anyway, keep going. And you're going. together to this no. day. <laughs> no. Because of, because of the Skyler with whom you watch this movie. Mm -mm. Okay, so let's talk about the individual performances. Highs and lows. Sally Fields, obviously. <sighs> Phenomenal. Nailed it. The fact that she didn't win the Oscar that year is... She didn't? No. What did she win the Oscar for? Was it Norma Ray? 
Do we I know? I don't know. She was nominated again for Lincoln and did not win, which she should have won for that, too. Except I think she was up against Anne Hathaway in Lane Oh, Lane so. so that was we a really rough category. Sorry. I'm trying to be nicer to Anne Hathaway because, because I think she's a good person. She Well, you're just you're too hard. You, you can't hate women. Support women. No, I know. <laughs> so she won for Places in the Heart. Oh, she won three times. Nope. No. No. Nope. She won twice. Once for Norma Ray and once for Places in the Heart. Is Norma Ray hmm. the name of the movie or a character? Norma Ray is the name of the movie and the character. Know, it's about the uh, creation of labor unions. Oh. I saw it at Sundance and <gasps> Sally Fields was there Ugh. in the audience. And Q&A? let me tell you. Oh. Let me tell you, she got on stage and she talked about how ugly she thinks she is and how surprised she was that she got cast in roles given the way she looks. And I was like, if Sally wow. Fields feels this way, like She's gorgeous. we've got a problem yeah. as a society. And I've been thinking about that a lot since. Anyway. Okay, so she nailed it. And I really, really liked she, – she did a very good job capturing this, like, stern mother who you still, like, like even when she's being kind of crotchety. Yeah. She did a really, really good well, job I of portraying think, that. I think Shelby's really hard on her. Yeah. Like, they're, I would say that Shelby is harder on her than she is on Shelby. That might be true. Shelby, the Julia Roberts character. Right? Yeah. Um, I think that her husband comes across as kind of useless in this. All, all, the all of the men yeah. are garbage. Dolts. They're yeah. just like rotting yeah. trash. Spud's the worst. He is so I'm dumb. like, you're married to Dolly Parton. Like, get some. Like, she clearly <laughs> yeah. wants to sleep She's with you. What is, about it? <laughs> what is your problem? Just Maybe it's because Dolly Parton only speaks in slogans. Yeah, so <laughs> that absolutely. Don't make any Speaking sense. of sweet, lovely Dolly Parton, I, I would die for Dolly Parton. Yeah, she's not an. She's. But I kind of don't care. I know. So likable. That's the thing. Yeah. I'm like, She's this sincere. is Dolly Parton reciting lines, and I'm okay. Reciting with it. lines that don't right. make sense. Like, it is 100% of her dialogue are just nonsensical slogans. Slogans is spot on. A horse is a feather if a rat <laughs> yeah. on a noose harness. Like, like, it's just, like what? Whether to wind his butt or wipe his watch or something. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, what? I wear the, what, what's that whole thing about when she's like, what size of shoes are you? And she's like, oh, seven I, or- I wear a six, but the seven feels so good. I'll wear an eight. What are those? They're Nine, perfect or whatever. Like, <laughs> Three sizes different. What? Those shoes are gonna fall off. Doesn't make any sense <laughs> at <No>. all. <laughs> but you kind of think maybe that's how she talks in real life. Maybe I hope, so. and I hope she kind of wrote Truby's her- whole, or maybe she ad libbed. I hope so. I really hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sally Field's performance, I think, is the most effective. My favorite performance. I know what it is already. Shirley MacLaine. Shirley MacLaine. Shirley MacLaine. Olympia Dukakis too. Olympia Dukakis is amazing. The two of them together. But Shirley MacLaine shows up on screen and you're like, I am all in on this movie. Whatever happens from this point on, Shirley MacLaine is in overalls and a fur coat yelling at her neighbor like, this is it. This is the movie of my dreams. And every scene with her, every look she gives... Um, I've just been in a bad mood for 40 years or whatever crazy. she I've says. I've just been in a bad mood for the last 40 years. Yeah, oh, she is so good in it. And she's, I don't understand why they all put up with her, but I'm glad that they do. It's a small town, right? You, your friends just, they friends are, are who they limited. are. Mm-hmm. I kind of don't know why they don't like her. Well, she's really they, mean to them. I think but they are, do are like any of them her. Like, but that, why are they like, I'm so mad I have to do her pedicure today? 
Like, I mean, she's not any meaner than the other gals, is she? I is think she? she's pretty I just mean. wasn't paying I think attention. She's, she's aggressive, not them. passive aggressive. Okay, aggressive. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Should we maybe explain the plot of the movie? Sure. So, Daryl Hannah, mm-hmm. Anel, moves to town, mm-hmm. uh, is introduced to this group of women in the beauty shop uh, on the day of Shelby, Julia Roberts' wedding. Julia Roberts in this star-making performance. Yeah. This was a year before Pretty Women, yeah. which really made her performance. But this is like, oh, yeah, this person's a yeah. movie star. Mm-hmm. Shelby gets married. Uh, her colors are pink and pink. <laughs> blush and bashful. <laughs> Uh, she becomes pregnant, even though doctors told her she should not have children. At first, we think she's told she can't have children, so we find out she's pregnant. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so great. Turns out she was told she should not have children. Right, because Shirley MacLaine's like, this pregnancy is not, not exactly good, good news. And Sally Field is like, well, congratulations. Yeah. Doesn't your husband care? Well, And she maybe got pregnant because her husband was cheating on her. I've always... What? What? So okay, so there's what? the scene where Julia Roberts tells tells Sally Field that she is pregnant, and it's just like around Christmas, and they're sitting in the kitchen, and Julia Roberts is clearly scared to tell Sally Field about this because she knows Sally Field's going to be angry because she's not supposed to have babies because it's bad for her health because she's diabetic and for she's like yeah, the well, bad kind of diabetes. I don't know. Let's discuss that. So <laughs> so she's so she's like, well, I'm you know I'm having the baby, and Sally Field is like clearly angry. Yeah. And Julia Roberts is like trying to talk Sally Field into thinking this as a good thing. And she says at one point, I just think it would help things. And then she like looks away. And I think it's oh. implied that her things are not going well with the marriage. I completely missed that. And I think I having seen disagree. multiple versions of this. <laughs> I, no, I think that that's what is implied. There. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. No. Because the men in this film are human garbage. <laughs> they really are. Julia Roberts' husband is not great. Helpless idiots. Okay, sorry. Okay, okay, so has the baby, and he's adorable. Such Jackson a Jr. Cute baby. And of course, Sally Fields loves this baby yeah. because it's yeah. a baby and he's amazing. But, you know, it was actually very hard on Julia Roberts' body. She's been having to do dialysis. Her kidney fails. Kidney yeah. failure. Uh, so Sally Fields agrees. Well, I'm volunteers to give a kidney and they go through that operation. It looks like it went well. Meanwhile, these other ladies' lives have moved on. Daryl Hannah's gotten married. She's going to have a baby, blah, blah, blah. She's in this movie for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Her plot. Her, she's like, the her, audience. She's the audience. But she becomes very religious for some reason. Yeah. For a minute and then not. And then, it, yes, again. Okay, so there are some weaknesses, but okay. it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh Everything seems fine. Shelby, though, is at work one day leaving. She feels a weird pain. Goes home. It's Halloween. She's getting Jackson Jr. dressed in this clown costume. And mm-hmm. she says, we're going to go trick-or-treating after dinner. Let's go make some pasta. Picks him up. And all of a sudden, it's like, whoa. And she, like, and you can't breathe. you feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Uh, she like, says, I, got, I have kidney pain when I watch this scene. Oh, my gosh. And then she says, let's call Dad. We all oh, know we got to call Dad. Cut to dad coming home to a screaming child. Which is the saddest. Coming back from his affair. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Boiling water on the table. He can't find Shelby. He's calling all over Shelby. Find Shelby passed out on the back patio. Mm -hmm. Shelby has slipped into a coma. Mm -hmm. Cut to the hospital. Sally Fields is there. Her husband her children are there. She won't leave Julia Roberts Shelby's side. She begs her to wake up. She's reading to her from magazines. She's showing her pictures of Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, She's a... playing Dolly Parton for her. <laughs> nine to five. <laughs> Working nine to five. Jolene. Uh, yeah, Jolene. <laughs> uh, they come to realize that there's no hope. Her husband has to sign the 
Mm-hmm. Do not whatever take her off the plug. Time to take her off. Take her off the plug. Take her off the plug. That's how they say it. Yeah, that's what doctors say. Uh, And the rest of the movie is Sally Fields grappling with the grief of having losing a daughter, Mm -hmm. having lost a daughter. Um, Oh, and you forgot the very important plot point: that all gay men are named Mark, Rick, or Steve, and have track track lighting. And have track lighting. Do you have track lighting? I do not. I think track lighting is terrible. My name is neither of those. None of those things. None of those things. I don't know. Anyway, and then Sally Field has a meltdown at the funeral in front of all of her friends. Her friends rally around her, and Weezer gets slapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shirley McLean gets slapped during this. It or goes no. from the most emotionally yeah. devastating performance to a very funny moment when Olympia Dukakis volunteers Shirley McLean to be a punching bag for Malin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sally Field's character. And then, right. and then they slowly recover, and then it's a... Bookend. It starts with Easter. It ends with Easter when Daryl Hannah goes into labor to have her baby, mm-hmm. who she's maybe gonna name Shelby, Shelby. boy or girl, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I did some research into this movie. Yes, I knew you would. <laughs> the screenwriter. This is a true story based on his sister's life. Really? Oh, yes. She was diabetic. She was diabetic. Died of complications of type one diabetes. Her husband remarried six months later. <gasps> the affair. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you may be right. Mm-hmm. I just think it would help things. He was so upset. <laughs> okay, he was so upset by her loss that he wrote this story. Um, while she was going through this, I don't think she was in a coma, or she was very sick before she went into a coma. And she was on the phone with him, and he was frustrated that he wasn't being taken seriously as a writer. And she said, "I wish there was some way I could help." And she died, and he wrote. Oh this my gosh! And hmm. became a successful writer. Mm-hmm. That's pretty she died. heartbreaking. She right? died so a man could find success. Strap in for this <laughs> next one. Mm-hmm. Okay. His mother was there for a lot of the filming. Okay. And they, she was there on this no. during the scene when they take her off life support. What? And they were like, "Are you sure you want to be here for this?" She says, "Yes, because I want to see her stand up and walk." <gasps> oh. What? Oh, I did get. Real life goosebumps. That's a lot of pressure on Julia Roberts <laughs> to stand know. up and but walk. I'm sorry, good. but she does a really good job dying in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, I think this. I this movie is perfect for when you need a good cry. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised. I am very surprised that that's a was based on a real like story. thing that happened to the <sighs> sister. Because watching this movie, I was thinking, what was diabetes in the 80s? Okay, and like. So there's that scene, the same scene where Eli thinks you're it's special. revealed that he has the affair. Yeah. yeah. She's like, lots of people have diabetes. She's oh, like, but you're, you're a special. special. Case. Okay. So I wonder if there there's was something, something else that's not explained that yeah. makes this like super diabetes. Yeah. Because diabetics have babies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, or, yeah, I thought, is medicine just way and more like, advanced now? And that wasn't do a thing. Do diabetics but... have the like drink your juice shall be attacked? And like you lose your mind and <laughs> yeah, yell like, at everyone? Why is she not coherent? I don't know. Is that like diabetes? Drink your juice, Shelby. Is I'm sorry. Good. I'm sorry for before when I said that the Sally Field meltdown was the best scene of the movie. The Actually. best scene of the movie is drink your drink juice, your Shelby. I have watched that scene independent of my reg- like my just regular watching movie. I have watched that scene a just thousand times. I think if you see it like twice, it's no longer upsetting and it's just like straight up hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, so weird. Yeah, get me like, my what? purse. You didn't, you didn't bring, bring your, your purse. purse. <laughs> 
And she's talking to him like a child. child. I'm going to leave. (laughs) I'd like to see you try. (laughs) Cooperate, please. Oh, no. Do you want a cookie? No, juice is better. better. That entire scene is a masterpiece. (laughs) Yeah, it's quite something. Yeah. Poor Nell. She was confused. I don't know how offensive it is, but I love that it has become a thing to tell people to drink their juice when they're freaking out unnecessarily. (laughs) Drink your juice, Shelby. uh... Yeah, drink your juice, Shelby. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Kat, I'm glad you're here because I want to talk about the fashion in this movie. I can't wait. This has come full circle. There were dresses in this movie that I would 100% wear tomorrow. Really? Which one? Malin... Uh, I believe it's before the wedding. She's in this floral number that's like A-line. Fantastic. Can Dolly, you... Dolly Parton wears a dress to church mm. that's like, it's got like some layers and it's got like some puffy sleeves. And it would be like. You would be loving it. You mm. would be like, I know I'm wearing this dress. I do okay. remember a pair of wedges and jeans that Truvy is wearing that are pretty like 70s-y, weirdy, yeah. weirdly in the first scene that I was like, oh, that's pretty cute. But I don't remember oh. the dresses. And I got to Google it. I think a lot of this works okay. today. Mm-hmm. On- Anel's banging in this. Yeah, she is. Okay, another interesting fact I learned. Mm-hmm. They were hesitant to cast Daryl Hannah because they thought she was too attractive. And so what? she showed up to her audition completely unrecognizable. <gasps> she wanted to show him that she could be homely. Really? Yeah. Wow. And then they cast her. Oh, Daryl. Oh, what has she done? Is she still around? What does she she do was Morticia Adams. Oh, I know she gosh, does like yes. weird shows here and there, but I th- the last thing I remember her in was Kill Bill. Huh? Did she do Ryan Adam or Ryan? What's his face? The Glee guy. I don't know. I feel like she's part of that universe. Oh, I could see her in there, right? Mixing it up, tromping around, true whatever crime story. Yeah, whatever. Hmm. Anyway, uh, let's talk, let's talk a modern day casting. Okay. Aside from oh Queen Latifah, which we should mention that this movie is very white. Yes. And it's, it's problematic that like all the people you see cooking and cleaning are black. And I don't and think you could make it that way today. I mm-hmm. think it would be a real problem. It's a problem watching it. Mm-hmm. I feel like the br- Shelby's brothers, who are not really characters so much as they are just props. Yeah. Like they show up in their Confederate gear. Yeah. Not great. Ready? Anyway, I just had that thought. <gasps> what about Emma Stone as Shelby? I like oh, it. That's really that. good. I'd watch Emma Stone. And Shelby. her mother is Laura Dern. <sighs> yes. Yes. Bonnie Hunt is oh, Olympia Dukakis. Bonnie Hunt <laughs> is perfect. <laughs> Who's, where can Reese Witherspoon be? Oh, she can. She's Truvy. Okay. She is Truvy. You're right. I right? mean, maybe we just need to take big little lies. I, mean, I was going to say, in. Yeah. Meryl's. Somebody. Meryl's, Meryl's just everyone. walking the town. Meryl does every part. Yeah. <laughs> I would watch that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Maybe Meryl's Shelby for some reason. We uh-huh. figure that out. Yeah. Um, Queen Latifah. Okay. Look. She, she nailed it. Who did you say she was again? She was I Malin? I think she was Malin. I, oh if I'm remember, It's been a few years, but I think she played Malin. Who else is in this movie? Okay, well, Mrs. Huxtable from The Cosby Show. She's got to be Olympia Dukakis, was right? Was Brandy in it? Brandy? No, Brandy. no this was post-Brandy, I uh, think. Hang Tyra? On. Was Tyra in it? Let me, I'm, I'm going to look it up. If Tyra right. was in it, Tyra would be the best. Shelby? Would have the best Shelby breakdown scene. <laughs> I would scream laugh for 40 days and I would watch that movie a lot. Yes, a thousand times. Okay, it was 2012, so it has, Not that long ago. has been, yeah. Um, Jill Scott played Truvy. 
Felicia Rash Richard. Rich. That's that's Cosby. That's right. Yeah, that's right. She played Clary. Oh. Um, that's pretty good casting yeah. for her. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know most of these. Oh, people. We're terrible people. I know. Who? Never mind. I'm just gonna. Forget but the that. Queen. She did it. Queen L herself. Who Case. produced that show? Oh. Don't say. If it's Tyler Perry, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> Oh, it only has 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh. Not fair. You know what? The original only has 6 out of 10. Does it? Yeah. That's surprising. Hmm. Yeah. Apparently, also, the director was very hard to work with in this. And he was mean. He was really mean to Julia Roberts. Yeah. I he read had this just, recently. His wife had just died, and he oh. was lashing out at the cast. Lots of death. He going into the making of this movie. He apparently, like, on set, screamed at Julia Roberts many times and told her she was, like, a terrible actress. Oh. But then she... Like a James Cameron. Was she Kate nominated Winslet for an, an Academy Award for this? Yeah. I think so. Did, was he trying to pull the performance out? I think he's through. just a, a D-bag. He's just the worst. Yeah. Mm. yeah. All right. If it's men. Uh, Ian McKellen is Weeza. Huh. Yes. Timothy Chalamet, obviously. Shelby. <laughs> Do you love Little Women? Of course. <laughs> I'm just wondering. No, yeah, we're. I'm hearing the cast. We're gonna, um, we're gonna camp out for tickets for that. Huh. Um, John Han is oh. Truvy. Okay, good. Uh, Bradley Cooper. I Ugh. think Bradley Cooper is Truvy. Uh, you think so? <laughs> More than younger. John Ham. Okay. Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper is Truvy. You're right. John Hamm is um, Claire Malin. I don't know oh, okay. how you cast this movie with men and have it not just be all gay men. Maybe we do that. Yeah. Okay, let's <laughs> do that. That's a better film. <laughs> yeah. Joel Kim Booster is Clary. Mm-hmm. Guy McKellen stays. Yeah. Guy okay. Brenham okay. is Truby. Okay. And then Anderson Cooper is Malin. Oh, yes. Anderson Cooper needs his day in the sun. He does. Right? On the yeah, he's not screen. famous enough. <laughs> yeah. And that silver hair. <laughs> Let's do more for Anderson Cooper. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think clearly we all are fans of Steel Magnolia. If we recast it with cats. <laughs> for, from the musical or just, just cats just, just that are around? Animals. Okay. Like Mr. Mistopolis. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, drum. Oh, jeez. Um, no, I think that I think that this movie is perfect for you know. I was trying to explain to Stephen, who bless his heart, was like, I liked the movie, but I don't like movies that manipulate you emotionally. And I was like, Oh, so you don't like but art? What are all the movies then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, But I don't. I feel like this movie is trying to make you cry. And I was like, Yes, because sometimes you need to cry. And mm. that was a concept that was kind of lost on him. But I know for me. Every once in a while, I need to sit down and just freaking feel something and feel it hard and let that be my catharsis for whatever it is that I need to let out. Are you you both similar in that way? I've never understood that criticism generally. I've heard people say that. I I can understand it on some levels. For example, I think Queer Eye has become a show where they're just like, what can we do to make people cry on this And it's not working on me anymore. It's not working because it's so intentional. But I've heard people make this criticism about movies that are like, yeah, that's a movie that you cry in. And it's like, well, if you cry in it, what what are movies that are not trying to manipulate you into crying but make you cry nonetheless? How are they different than the ones that are trying to make you cry? Does that make sense? Like, I've never understood the criticism very well. Yeah, I mean, so what is still Magnolia's doing? I think it's sincere. Like, there's some, like, how you're talking about, well, maybe I take that back because 
I think there's still sincerity in Queer Eye, but it is so intentional. Yeah. Like they want to make get yeah. some tears yeah. out of it. But I kind of I don't know that I felt that with Steel Magnolias. Well, that it and was... I think that Steel Magnolias part. Sorry to cut you off. No, but I think that it it works because it's this man's lived experience. Mm-hmm. Right. His sister really died, and yeah. he really witnessed that. Yeah. Right. Hmm. When that makes it more effective than if he had just whole cloth made this up. Right. Hmm. I think that translates on screen. Interesting. But it is. I think that drama is harder to pull off in because of that criticism. Where comedy, you can be as cynical and sardonic and no one gives it a second thought. Right. But the moment you try and be earnest, people are going to come for you. Yeah. And I do think this genre works better if you're trying to go back and watch an old movie. Mm-hmm. Like, my husband rented Blade Runner. Oh, what do you, you think? Well, I, which actually also has Daryl Hannah in it uh-huh. in a crazy wig. Anyway. And she, like, doesn't really talk. Right? No, she's just not great for the Trumping Beck, around. Bechdel. 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 Test. Yeah. But I didn't. I didn't watch the whole thing because it was like this. I, I don't know that I can do. It. I was bored. Really? Blah blah blah. The act like I feel like action movies in an older like eighties movie doesn't really work. But something that's emotionally like this is a real story. You can tell there's heart in it. Mm-hmm. They can wear whatever dumb wedding dresses they're gonna wear, but you're still mm-hmm. connecting with the characters. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the armadillo cake. And the gray icing <laughs> armadillo arm- cake. She doesn't have the counter pace. Like. Counter space. <laughs> or the snakes. Or snakes. She can't With do snakes. <laughs> I don't know. And guys, there's no such thing as natural beauty. No. <sighs> Love it. Mm-hmm. Ask Dolly. Love it. Can I tell you something off the subject? Yes. yes please. John Early, <laughs> who we referenced earlier. Yes. It just popped into my mind, so I want to tell you. Okay. Tweeted once about Anne Hathaway that she's the girl in high school that was on stage and said, the seniors are going to make a speech. And that was it. <laughs> That's so accurate. That's so accurate. Have you ever heard anything more perfect? <laughs> it just came into my mind. I I've wanted to heard, tell you. I've heard she's so lovely. I hope there's so. Just, there's just, she's just so earnest. Mm-hmm. Here I am. Mm-hmm. Coming for the earnest. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, not a spot. And she failed to recognize how terrible her friends were in the Devil Wears Prada, and I can't I get over it. I could talk about that for 1,000 years. Maybe and we should one, one day. Yeah, well, her can I come? Gosh, we need to do yes. a Devil Wears Prada episode. We really need to pick that, pick it apart a little bit, because those friends and that boyfriend. Suck. Yup. That boyfriend's the worst. Yeah, he is the worst. worst. I'm sorry. Sh- you know, no, I'm not okay. gonna. I'm not All gonna right. launch into it because okay. I'll go. We'll go on. We're already long. Okay. Um, Kat, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's I been had a, a great time. It's been a real pleasure yeah. having you here. You should come back sometime. I'd love to come back, please. Sorry yes, that please. it's hot in the studio. I'm not too hot. It's a thousand degrees outside. Good. It's we're, good in here. We're yeah. about to record something else, and it's gonna get real. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. You're doing it's an exercise thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're gonna do jumping jacks in the room. Can't wait. Um. Please remember, leave us a good rating and review on wherever you're listening to this, and we will see you next week.